0: One of the great joys of the Christmas season is it sure makes checking the front porch and the mailbox fun. Day by day, you never quite know what's going to arrive. Well, of course, you can kind of count on those traditional Christmas letters, right? Well, one year, a Christmas letter came across my path that is not what you would call the traditional Christmas letter. It's one of my favorites. The family titled it, The Amazing Low Family Dialomatic Christmas Letter. You can dial to different members of the family. Here's Doug, the dad, who created this piece of work. You can then turn the dial to read about daughter Sarah or Bethany or Rebecca or Debbie, the mom. You can even dial up Nutmeg, their dog, and learn about her year together. Well, after you read some Christmas letters, do you ever think to yourself, hmm, I wonder how they are really doing? This just sounds a little too neat and tidy. <laughs> One year, a letter came across my desk that wasn't what you would call neat and tidy. It was somehow refreshing in its honesty and its wit and, and charm uh, about the reality and realities of life. It was written by Steph Meinart. She began, Dear friends, this year was pretty amazing for the Meinart family. No one flunked out of school. No one got thrown in jail, divorced, or held up at gunpoint. As if that was the usual. In addition, practically everyone in the family who isn't already married got engaged in the past year, which just goes to prove two things. We can be a charming bunch when we have to, and there's a sucker born every minute. (laughs) No one went broke this year, mom got a big dog, Todd and Denise got a second cat, my fish died. (laughs) I think dad and Carol went to Australia because I got this cool aboriginal art thingy for Christmas and all the boys got boomerangs. I'll bet it was a swell trip. Stacy went to England for about the billionth time, my only trip was to Chicago, but I did see a couple cows along the way. Nobody was in any musicals or anything, but that's probably good because I'm the only one who can carry a tune. And that's only after years of practice. And she closed, Merry Christmas, Steph. Now that's a Christmas letter. (laughs) Well, tonight we get to celebrate the greatest Christmas letter ever sent. Tonight we get to celebrate the greatest Christmas gift of all. Christ is born. The Love of God has arrived in flesh and blood. That first Christmas, Mary and Joseph probably thought they were going to get there to welcome their firstborn child right, into this world, surrounded by extended family and friends in the warmth of their home. They, however, got a Christmas letter they didn't anticipate. It was this little decree from a guy named Caesar Augustus. It seemed he wasn't content with the level of taxes that were coming in, so he sent a little letter to every family in the Roman Empire and insisted that they travel to the hometown of their family lineage and sign up and pay up. Now, here's the thing about Caesar. When he writes and tells you you gotta do something, you just gotta do it, even if you're nine months pregnant. So what happened? Joseph and Mary had no choice. They had to pack up their gear. Mary had to climb up on the donkey. And they had to travel over 80 miles from Nazareth, up the mountains, through Jerusalem, and down the mountains a short distance away to the little town of Bethlehem. Instead of welcoming their firstborn into the world, surrounded by extended family and a warm fire, They were surrounded by sheep and a bunch of smelly shepherds in a dark, cold manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, I wonder if they lifted their eyes to the skies and wondered out loud, God, you've got to be kidding it, could this really be part of your plan? <laughs> Is this really how you wanted your son to come into this world? And yet what do we discover right in the midst of the story? Yes, yes, God was at work. No matter how dark and cold the night, no matter how difficult or discouraging the journey, God was at work. And just as the prophet had declared centuries before this night the savior was born in bethlehem the city of david it was there he was welcomed into the world it was there he was welcomed into the hearts of his mother mary and his protector and caregiver joseph now i'm sure that each of us at times and season in our own lives have lifted our eyes to heaven and to the starlit skies and wondered, even out loud, God, you have got to be kidding. How could this be part of your plan? What are you thinking? Why am I facing this kind of darkness? Why am I up against this kind of difficulty? Why are my loved ones being hammered by such discouraging circumstances? Why is my heart so heavy with this loss and, and disappointment? Could this be part of your plan? Like Mary and Joseph, we have an opportunity to imagine yes. 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 No matter how dark the night, the birth of Jesus that first Christmas night tells us that God can break through with the light of heaven. No matter how discouraging the circumstances, God can break through with fresh hope. No matter how heavy our hearts, no matter how deep our sorrow, God can break through with the joy of knowing that he will never leave us or forsake us. In a world that wonders what God is like, wonders if God cares, wonders if God is even there, Jesus is the decisive and definitive answer, and that answer is yes. And not only is he there, he does care, and he loves you more than you could possibly imagine. Jesus is God's living Christmas letter the living, breathing reflection of God's own heart, God's own love, God's own being. That God, Jesus would come to say, is our Father. Our Father in heaven. You do not have to fear him. He has come in love to welcome you into heaven's arms and to fill your life with the hope and light of heaven's promise. I once met a little boy who had a father. He couldn't trust a father. He and his mother had to fear. In fact, they had to fear him so much, they fled. They fled. It was on Christmas break, my second year of college. I was home. My parents were out doing some late, last-minute Christmas shopping, and there was a knock on the door. I opened the door and had to look down. And there was this little boy, face beaming, looking like he owned the world, looking like he owned my house. He said, hi, I'm Sean. I came to play with Bob and Jackie. Are they here? And I said, well, no, they're actually like out doing some Christmas shopping. And he said, oh, that's OK. They let me come over anytime I want. And he walked right in. <laughs> He walked right past me. I had to step into his wake and follow him through the house. Well, later, I learned a bit more about this little boy named Sean. He and his mother had fled this father he couldn't trust, and he had to fear um, uh, months and months before. And because the fear was so great, they would only live in one place a couple months at a time and then the mother would pack everything up and they'd move again and set up in a new town and she would get a job in a new place and they would live there for a short time and she would pack everything up and move again for fear that somehow, some way, he would find them. Imagine that at the age of five. Well, that little boy led me through the house, down the stairs right to where my mom always set up our Christmas tree. And there beneath the tree were presents And he just did that Peter Pan pose like Wow, I love that tree (laughs) And then he looked over and he saw Across the mantle of the fireplace Christmas stockings There was one for Jan, my older sister There was one for me, Bob And there was one for Scott, my brother And next to them was a fourth sock And it was obviously not for us It was packed and loaded with, you know, candy and toys. And it had the name Sean on it. Man, he caught sight of that and just gave a a little joy cry. And he said, whoa! And he ran over and he grabbed that Christmas stock. It was half as big as he was. And he picked it up and he looked at me and he said, this is just what I need for Christmas. And once I knew his story, I thought to myself, Oh, dear little boy. If you really knew what you need. But I'd say that Christmas talking is just fine. And I am so grateful that God put in your life two people you don't have to fear who are utterly safe who are ready to welcome you into their home and into their hearts, who say, you come anytime, and we'd love to play with you. In a sense, it's like Mary and Joseph on that first Christmas night. God had entrusted the most precious gift of heaven into the hearts and into the arms of these two everyday but extraordinary and loving people. And that Savior, in their company, in the warmth of their home, would come to grow up with a measure of God's love the world had never seen. And he would invest his life to let everyone who would listen know that they have a Father in heaven that loves them, that is ready to welcome them, that is ready to forgive them whatever their flaws or brokenness, that is ready to reach out to them with healing comfort and power and sustaining strength, that that loving God and Father is ready to embrace them and fill them with the hope and joy of heaven. I came across a, a sweet story about a nurse who exhibited the welcome of Christ in her work. She would travel from school to school doing well checks for the kids, and uh, the kids would come in uh, to the room where she would, uh, was prepared to uh, examine them and uh, to kind of ease their anxiousness or fears, uh, she would pull out her stethoscope and let them put it on. And then she would hold it to their heart and let them listen and ask them, What do you hear? Well, one day, a little boy gave an answer she didn't anticipate. He came in, sat down, and she said, How would you like to try on these? I said, Sure. So she put them in his ears. She held it to his heart. She said, Do you hear that? What do you think that is? And his eyes got big and he said, oh, Is that Jesus knocking? <laughs> and what I want to say to you tonight is that you don't have to be afraid of your Father in heaven. Because of Jesus, we know He comes in love, not to condemn, but to fill us with hope to transform us with his love and his joy, with the promise and purpose of new life in the footsteps of Jesus, his son. You know, the Christmas season is known for writing letters to Santa. But this past uh, Advent and Christmas season, we have invited the people of our church to write little notes to God, little heart cries, little prayers, right? to express you know, their faith, their hope, their needs to God. And we have taken those, those little heart prayers, those heart cries, and we have prayed for them and through them week by week. And it's been such a joy. I wanted to share those prayers, some of those prayers with you tonight set to a beautiful song by Stephen Curtis Chapman entitled literally, Hearts Cry. And I pray these prayers stir your heart And touch your heart. Maybe you will see yourself in those prayers. You may have written one or two of these prayers. And imagine the Father in heaven who is listening with love.
1: Savior's grace and love, this is my heart's cry. my heart's cry, he heard my heart's cry. This is my heart's cry.
0: Even as we lift up and perhaps are inspired by the heart cries of our friends, our sisters and brothers of faith here in this place. I also want you to be inspired by the heart cries of God our Father. Each of you tonight is receiving a letter, a love letter from God, filled with God's heart cries for you that you find threaded through the pages of the scriptures. And I invite you as part of your Christmas celebration, to take this letter. Read it through. See how God's book is so full of heartfelt promises of God our Father for you, to you. And tonight I simply want to read just the closing portion. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my Son, Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been your Father, and will always be your Father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Let's pray. Loving God, you filled the pages of Scripture with your heart cries of love and grace, of invitation and welcome to us. And the greatest heart cry of all was the gift of your Son, Jesus. He revealed to us just how deeply you love us and how great is the opportunity we have to receive your love, to experience your power and grace, to be transformed by your hope and joy. Help us this night to receive it. In Jesus' name,
1: amen.